0: Would you like to contribute to the conversation? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, what condition conversation was in. Jay Talking with Bradley J. I listen to morning with the sun up. I'm busy. WBZ News Radio 1030. I tune
1: my radio to AM ten thirty.
0: The radio's all yours now.
1: I talk. To a minor's name, a Bradley DJ, improved my mind in a wonderful way. I just called in to see what condition conversation was in.
0: Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, what condition conversation was in.
1: It's WBZ. 1208, you're Jay talking. we're live, midnight to five. We like history. Jay talking likes history. And to us, all revolutionary history is is local history, even if it may not actually be ge- geographically local. We feel like it is. And that's why I feel like Alexander Hamilton is actually local history. Alexander Hamilton, A Life is a book by Willard Stern Randall, and he's with us. How do you do, sir?
2: I'm just fine. Thank you.
1: Well, thanks for being with us. Uh, Alexander Hamilton, Hamilton had a tough beginning, very tough. Can you talk a little bit about that?
2: Well, first of all, he was considered illegitimate because his parents had to separate uh, or his father and mother would be accused of bigamy uh, under uh, the law in the Caribbean. Uh, He he was uh, uh, considered a bastard from the time he was born. Uh, His mother died when he was 11, and so he wound up on a stool in a a mercantile house uh, writing records from ships that came in and out of the harbor of uh, St. Croix um and just uh, not only grieving but uh, uh, wishing as he said he wished there were a war so that he could be free and uh, and rise
1: was he he was an orphan actually an actual orphan?
2: He was an actual orphan, that's right uh his, his father uh, li- had to move away or be, be jailed for bigamy. uh his mother couldn't get a divorce when uh, her first husband uh, decided to remarry. The, you, you had different laws from different countries owning different islands. And so Alexander Hamilton legally was illegitimate, uh, and then his mother died. So, yes, he was an orphan.
1: And he was be- he was taken, if you will, by a, a person of some means.
2: He was taken. Well, well you yes, know, he, he was taken. He, he, he became he was-
1: adopted by, I guess is the word, by a. A person, well, he, a he, rich was,
2: person. he was. He yeah. He, he had a he had a rich uncle who lined up a job for him to to go to work in the in, in a business and to learn. He was going to learn basically how to how to manage a store, uh, but he had no money. He, his his uh, his his mother's first husband grabbed uh, Alexander's inheritance. He had very very few prospects, but he could write. And he wrote a description of a hurricane that was so brilliant that the the merchants on this island, St. Croix, in the Caribbean, gave him a scholarship to come to America, North America, to go to college. That was his break.
1: That was his break. And how did he learn his, well, his financial values and his business principles?
2: Well... (laughs) he he was he's was brilliant at studying he, you know he was the kind of a kind of kid that you really don't want to have in class with you. he's so much smarter than everybody else um so he was unpopular but what it meant he would just he was absorb everything so he he studied international law um when 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 everybody else was 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 off having a going to a party uh, um uh, on the on the island what what he did uh, he was he was left to run the store the business when his boss got sick and had to go back to New York uh, uh, for six months. So here here's this sixteen year old kid running a business with ships captains coming and going, uh, and merchandise and buying and selling. But also he was learning about smuggling. Uh, he was he was teaching me- men three times his age how to how to smuggle goods around the Spanish. And their and their, uh, and their and their police. Uh, so he learned all about bookkeeping. He learned all about money. He learned all about smuggling, which would come in terrifically handy after the Revolution when he was put in charge of customs and the Coast Guard by the Americans. So he, he learned stuff when he was 16 or 17 that he put to use uh, when he was fully grown.
1: How did he make it to the States, and what was his situation when he got here?
2: Well, he made it to the States— uh, because uh, his, his employer, the, the company he had helped out when the, when the boss got sick, raised money with other bu- businessmen in the islands uh, to give him uh, a percentage of the sugar crop that they, the, uh, that they harvested each year. So uh, basically every, every quarter of the year, uh, if they had a good sugarcane crop in the, in the Caribbean, uh, Alexander Hamilton got, got a cut. So he came, uh, he actually he, he hooked up uh, with a, a, a family in, in, uh, in, in New Jersey. He, he went to school in, in what's now uh, uh, Elizabeth, New Jersey, to, to, to cram, to, to go to Princeton as a scholarship boy. Uh, but Princeton wouldn't let him to, to come for accelerated study, so they turned him down. So he he went to school uh, on his scholarship to what's now Columbia. It was it was a small college. It was called King's College in New York City at the time. And there he, he wanted to study medicine. That's what he set out to do. But to, but to study medicine, you had to pass math. And I love it. The future secretary of the Treasury of the United States flunked math. So he had to find something else to study.
1: Can you talk about... Uh, how or in what way? All that. How uh, Alexander Hamilton got in, involved in the Revolution? Did it find him? Did he find it?
2: Uh, it's, it's a little bit of both. Uh, he was while well, he was a college student, uh, the, 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 the Boston Tea Party took place, and, and then the, the, the British occupation, and then the march on Lexington and Concord. And he was he was down in New York where there the, the, the were the. People who had this, the same problem with the British, who were, you know, occupying them, treating like conquered people, um, t- taxing them f- for everything they could get. So when when he was still a, a student, 18 years old, he would stay in his dorm room at night and with a candle and a, and a and a quill pen. He was he was writing speeches and writing pamphlets, and then he'd go out in the field where the rioters were, and he he would whip up the crowd, giving speeches himself. So he was he was very very popular among the other revolutionaries. Then right after Lexington and Concord, he took his classmates, and they went down to the British fort. Uh, on the battery in New York City, and they stole all the cannon. They stole 25 British cannon and hauled them away while they were being shelled from a British man-of-war. I mean, it was extremely daring, extremely brave, and immediately it, it caught the attention of, of the revolutionary leaders.
1: That's, and, he, and it was on after that. So this is a person that's of above-average bravery, or is, is this a thing that anyone would do at the time? Were people just more brave then, or did he stand well, out?
2: I, well, if, 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 you, if, if there was a, an army occupying your town, uh, to uh, resist them at all, you were risking your neck. Uh, because if, if, you, if you got caught, uh, you, they would take you on a ship to England, and there they could hang you. So just to be a revolutionary was extremely dangerous at the time. Um, and, and there was no real army. They were, these, these people mostly had no experience in battle at all. Uh, but they had they had had it with the British, and they were going to they were going to organize and they were going to resist.
1: How, how early uh, was this Hamilton, uh, this cannon event? Was it what year?
2: This is seventeen seventy five. This is right after Lexington and Concord. Okay, so
1: it was on, and it, th- there was a real sense that we're really going to go for it. I-, I was wondering if it were a little prior to that, and you told me, and i forgot forgotten, and I apologize. You know, he these cannon were going to be needed for the war that was on. This wasn't something he was doing just in case, which I was...
2: Oh, no, no. Okay. The, the fighting was on in Massachusetts. Hundreds of people had already been killed. Uh, uh, including more, more British had uh, the, the British had lost more in 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 two days at Lexington and Concord than they had ever lost before in the, in a the battle in North America. So the fighting was on, and the the word had spread in New York. It was only a matter of time before the British sent an army and navy down to New York too. So you know it was very 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 dangerous. Also, Hamilton, those cannon are the very first. Uh, artillery company of the United States Army. It's still in existence today. Uh, th- there was no artillery until Hamilton and his classmates took those guns.
1: Is that what's the name of that company? Is it like First Artillery or something like that?
2: It, I think it's called uh, Co- Company M, First Artillery.
1: Okay, that's good to know. It must be something for people who belong to that to know the history. So it was on. What were Hamilton's gifts? Other than writing. We know he can write. What were his other gifts? He was brave. Anything else?
2: Well, I think bravery is the thing that really set him apart. Uh, after Washington fought the British on Long Island uh, and the British won, a terrible defeat for the Americans, they had to retreat. And one of Washington's generals saw this, this young guy, uh, with a, a skinny young guy with a hat down over his eyes, walking along patting a cannon like it like a pet dog that's what he said to washington so he was very brave uh... He, he was small and and so he was sort of proving himself to these to these bigger men uh, he, he could also uh... he could he could write he could write wonderfully so after washington saw him in battle uh, it, it, the Battle of princeton it and and Trenton and those battles uh with his, uh, Hamilton and his two cannon driving back the British as they tried to attack the Americans. Uh, Washington signed him up. At 21 years old, he became a colonel in the American Army. And Washington put him to work as his writer, as his legal aide, as the guy who wrote the orders that were sent to the general. So he was making an astonishing success by the time he was 20 21 years old.
1: Who else was Washington surrounding himself with at this time? Had he tapped Henry Knox already?
2: Oh, Yeah. Oh yeah he, he 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 Knox had gone around uh, looking for cannon all over New England, and you know he found some broken down old pieces left from the French and Indian Wars um, but he was uh, Knox is the one that got Washington the cannon he needed at boston uh, you, you you go you go back right after Lexington conquered you got Ethan Allen. And Benedict Arnold capturing Fort Ticonderoga uh, on Lake Champlain uh, in, in, in New York, and they've got 200 cannon, but they got to get them to Boston. So Henry Knox, uh, Washington sent Henry Knox out to Lake Champlain. They waited until winter, until the water was frozen over, and 300 men and oxen dragged. 60 heavy guns across the, the, uh, the Hudson River and along the route of the Mass Pike all the way to Boston. And the British woke up one morning uh, staring, down, staring up at the gun barrels of these cannons. So Knox is the man with his 300 Teamsters and all these oxen that saved the day for New England. But then the fighting went down to New York, and that's where Hamilton came in.
1: Now, in order to be that brave, I, I guess maybe you have to be kind of arrogant and... Hamilton was arrogant, and did did that get him in trouble sometimes?
2: Well, it eventually got him shot. Well, yeah. <laughs> along the <laughs> uh, along the way, he was so valuable, and and you know it, it's 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 wartime, and these young guys are competing, uh, they're they're competing for Washington's uh, you know approval and for promotion. So you've got a whole lot of people who are not they're they're not from a military background, but they're trying to prove themselves, and he was just very light on his feet. He, he had a wonderful memory. He wound up running 220 spies for Washington uh, behind British lines. He's the guy who kept track. He did the secret correspondence. He got the payments to them in gold. He kept records of everything very, very carefully, which was very important to Washington. You had to, had to have the books straight. You had to have the records absolutely impe- impeccable. So he, he figured out what it took to be the, you know, the right-hand man of, of George Washington, and, and he, he, he filled the bill.
1: So he kept, did he keep written accounts of who was a spy and who wasn't and what they did? Because that would seem dangerous if they were captured.
2: No, no. It wasn't written down. It's, we're still finding this stuff out. Uh, we're finding it out because of trunks full of letters every once in a while that will turn up. On Long Island or in New Jersey, that the family didn't know what was in the attic, um, but very little of it was written down. It was worth your life, uh, but, but it was it was also about trusting people. Uh, if you didn't cross somebody, if you didn't and you didn't lie to them uh, and and you were trustworthy, uh, then you were sort of allowed into this sort of exclusive club of people who were who, who were really risking everything. Uh, I think because what they, if they won, they expected to be coming out on top of a new country. That's what kept them going.
1: Was he responsible for recruiting spies as well? So he had to have really good judgment about who was honest and who could do the job.
2: That was part of what he had to do. Mostly, he was the courier between Washington and and generals. Uh, and he got the money to them, but he had to, you know, to vet the spies. He had to, uh, he yes, he had to decide. He had good judgment who who you could trust. Um, and it, it 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 worked. It was it was amazing. Uh, actually, I only know of the one spy who was caught, and that was right at the beginning before Hamilton, and that was Nathan Hale. You know, he was right out of Yale. He disguised himself as a schoolmaster. He went across to the British lines in New York and another American spotted him. That, that's what was going on. The real danger was the country was divided. There were, half the people were still wanted to be part of the, of the British Empire, and the other half wanted independence. And, the, you know, it, it's, it's a civil war where he, everybody speaks the same language, and you can, you can figure out, oh, I knew him in Yale. Uh, he's, a, he's a king's man. Uh, and, and that's what happened to, to Nathan Hale. Somebody spotted him. And said, uh, he shouldn't be here. He's not one of us. I forget. So they hung him.
0: I forget. Uh, Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com.
2: It's my little escape.
0: Now Judy's the life of the party.
2: Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon.
0: Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Ch-ch-chumba. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: That not only did you have to fight the British, but you had to fight the Tories as well. You had to be really careful. So you don't know of any other spy stories? I'm always fascinated by these these spy stories.
2: There well, were 200, you know, the,
1: 229 uh, spies. Um, do you know where they, where the most of them operated? Anything about them?
2: Uh, a, a lot of them were on Long Island because um, the, the the loyalists, the Tories, uh, had to leave New England. They had to leave New York when the when the fighting began. A lot of them went on to Long Island. It was a base for the loyalists, and and boats would go back and forth across Long Island Sound to Connecticut. And, and so uh, what, what Hamilton and, and what the spies would do is they would go at night in these boats that were called whale boats that they would row across Long Island Sound, and they would uh, take messages to spies on Long Island or pick them up. For example, uh, there was one woman in, in, involved on Long Island who would hang out laundry different pieces in different colors that were the code that said it was safe to land at this cove or don't land at this cove, go to the other cove where somebody would meet them. So they had worked that sort of thing out. Uh, Another guy was in charge of driving cattle to market. So he could go anywhere with a herd of cattle and nobody would bother him. So he was spying on the British as the British attacked across New Jersey. And he was able to go uh, through to Washington himself in Pennsylvania with a a herd of cattle and and tell uh, Washington exactly how many British and how many German soldiers there were in Trenton. That made it possible for Washington to... Carry out the sneak attack on Christmas night, 1776. So it was individual acts of courage like that, but it had to be coordinated. And Washington was paying these people out of his own pocket. He actually, and part of what Hamilton did was keep track. Washington put out something like a hundred thousand dollars in their money, wow. which would be like three million in our money, uh, that he would raise. Uh, One thing they did was they would fine the Quakers for not fighting. (laughs) So every day a Quaker didn't turn out for for militia drill, he had to pay some silver or gold.
1: Willard, I have kind of a very open-ended question now that we've gotten to this point. Go for it. Who were, in the budding government, and even pre-government in the revolution, who were Alexander Hamilton's allies, and who were his enemies, and on what major issues did he lie? Well, and with whom?
2: <laughs> well, right away, he runs into Aaron Burr. Um, they, keep, they keep running into him, each other. Uh, the, the, the Americans were beaten badly in the Battle of Brooklyn, and they had to retreat. And Hamilton lost everything he owned, except for two cannon. And he had to get a boat across to Manhattan, and he was fleeing north with the army. And the guy who was sent to rescue him was Captain Aaron Burr, who was, you know, his father and grandfather had been president of Princeton. He was an aristocrat, et cetera. And Burr did not like this up-and-coming guy uh, on the make. He saw him as a potential rival. So right away, Aaron Burr. And, and, and Burr hung out with some... Other aristocratic officers, uh, like General Charles Lee. Charles Lee had been a British officer, and then when the revolution started, uh, he signed up for the American Revolution. But he got caught literally with his pants down in a tavern in New Jersey by British cavalry, and he was a prisoner of war. Uh, Hamilton was given the job of negotiating exchanges of prisoners of war between one side and the other. That was the, one of his big responsibilities. So he, he actually managed to, to get Charles Lee exchanged for a British general. But then Lee and Burr uh, sided together. Uh, and, and at a battle in New Jersey, the Battle of Monmouth, Lee r- ignored an order from George Washington and started to retreat instead of attacking and and what what the result of that was washington fired lee as a general and aaron burr his sort of his understudy uh, challenged somebody to a duel and hamilton uh, was the second. In the duel, you had like an assistant who who f- uh, read the rule book to you. So you have Hamilton on the dueling field with Burr for the first time. So you had cliques within the, the American command. Some wow. of them were the aristocratic ones.
1: So can you, g- g- you set had, up this, this first duel again? It was Charles Lee dueling with
2: someone else? Well, Lee wasn't dueling, but his, his, his favorite... Uh, his 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 uh, his uh, sort of his older boy, the guy who worshipped him, is Aaron Burr. Uh, he wants to be like a British officer. And then you have Hamilton, who who takes the side of uh, Lafayette, his best friend, the French officer who came over. So you have a duel between Lafayette and uh, uh, Charles Lee's ma- man. Okay, they're shooting okay. it out.
1: So they're really they keep ending up on opposite sides.
2: Yeah, that's right, in every way. I mean, uh, it, it just kept happening. It was personal rivalry and jealousy. When, when the fighting was over, uh, Alexander Hamilton wanted to be a lawyer. He winds up as the law clerk of somebody. The only other student is Aaron Burr. So, you know, you can see him pulling the law books out of each other's hands to take home that night. I mean, it got very personal. And then Burr would not... Uh, rent a house to Hamilton to set up a law office unless Hamilton's wife and her father co-signed the note. It was so petty, so personal. And and you had that kind of rivalry from the beginning. That's how you wind up with two political parties.
1: Okay. And so this Burr, who else did Hamilton, what was Hamilton at odds with? And who did he sort of ally with?
2: Well, he he wasn't at odds with a a lot of people. I mean, he was very in tight with with Washington and a lot of the other young officers. Um, But the rivalries were... um, you had 29 young men basically around Washington who took turns as his aides, his aides-de-camp, they were called. They would go home and become governor or a general somewhere else, and it was Hamilton that was always sticking there. And he was best friends with uh, Marquis de Lafayette, this young French aristocrat who came over to volunteer. Uh, Hamilton knew French. His mother uh, was of French descent. So he could, he could speak French. So he got along very well with the French officers. He was the interpreter Washington took along when they met with the French generals. But there were a whole lot of people that hated the French, because up until the American Revolution, the, the, the colonists in America had been fighting the French and the Indians. So that, that split things, too, you know, which side you wound up on.
1: All right. Uh, he, I understand he was attractive and did that how did that play into the story of his life at all did,
2: did it well he was he he was yeah you know, i'm you know, i I've, I've got a daughter who saw a a, a a portrait of hamilton's son who looked exactly like hamilton and my, you know my daughter practically swooned and she said that's what hamilton looked like look how handsome he is yes he was very handsome uh but he didn't have any money so he was always on the make for somebody uh, to marry who had money so in 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 the winter, t- in the in in this in the winter time between battles uh... they would actually the officers would get together and have dances and martha washington would come and run those dances and she saw hamilton always dancing with different uh... beautiful daughter of an officer a different one and and she saw a tomcat running across a barn and she called the tomcat hamilton that was how she saw Alexander Hamilton, the tomcat on the prowl.
1: So that's the way, it, uh, and it, that's the way it worked. Then, uh, if you didn't have money, like Washington, he married well. That's how he got his his wealth. Exactly. Correct. That's what you did that's if you could.
2: That's right, and he was. Uh, Hamilton was considered very 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 handsome and there are lots of portraits of him too. He was very very handsome, very vain. He also had very nice uniforms designed for him. He knew how to he knew how to do it.
1: Who did he end up with?
2: He went uh, married the daughter of the number 2 general. Philip Schuyler of New York, a very wealthy man who owned thousands of acres of land on the Hudson River, so he married Eliza, the the younger daughter of of, of, uh, of General Schuyler.
1: All right. So as time goes on, Hamilton develops a sort of monetary value system. Um, can you describe that? And it puts him at odds with other folks. He well, what- you know what I, I think you understand my question.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I do. Um, he, he looked around. The, 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 one of the problems was there were no banks in, in, in the United States. There were no banks. The British would not allow the Americans to have banks. They had to borrow from the English. They had to order everything from England. Uh, everything was done with letters of credit. It was like credit cards with, you know, on parchment. But they weren't allowed to have any banks. They weren't allowed to have their own currency. So what Hamilton came up with, very first thing, was the first national bank, the Bank of the United States. To do that, you had to have something else new. So Hamilton comes up with the first corporation. So the United States is actually the first corporation, and the bank is it receives all the money from. Uh, Customs duties from ships coming in with goods, goods from around the world. And then out of that bank, they also pay all the federal employees, the Army, the Navy, etc. So. so he creates that whole thing very quickly. Washington gave him four months to create our whole financial system after Washington became president and put Hamilton in into Secretary of the Treasury. So he came up with the National Bank. He came up with customs duties for ships coming in and out. Uh, he created the whole thing. Uh, he was very unpopular with with a lot of politicians who were trying to line their pockets already, so so he had a lot of resistance and he wound up on one side with John Adams and uh, it's called the Federalist Party and and Jefferson and Madison and the Southerners wound up on the other side. It's called the Democratic Party today. But you know he was the the, the brilliant one uh, who came up with our financial system.
1: Did Washington kind of side with the Federalists?
2: Uh, he did. He did. Washington was always thinking like a general. So if he picked somebody to be his number two man, uh, whatever that number two man recommended, Washington backed him up. Washington had seen Hamilton all through the revolution. He gave him, put him in charge of the money, basically, because he trusted him, and he knew he was brilliant. So whatever Hamilton proposed, uh, then Washington was with him, which made Washington the Federalist.
1: That's one of the things that made Washington great, correct? He got the best people, and then he actually trusted them.
2: That's right, exactly. Even if they fought against each other, he didn't care, just so they got the job done.
1: All right. Now, you had to raise money to pay for the war after it was over. You had a lot of debt. And to do that, you needed federal authority. And so that, being the money guy, that kind of was consistent with his federalist position, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. What, what, the brilliant thing that he did with money was he studied France and he studied England and he took the best of both systems, put them together uh, in, 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 in America and, and put them to work. So he, he knew that to tax people directly for their property or for their work would be extremely unpopular. So his idea was you tax people if they want luxury goods. So the, the entire federal budget came from customs duties that people had to pay in Boston, New York, Philadelphia, etc. when these shiploads of goods came over that Americans wanted, the luxury stuff, whether it was silk or tea, but stuff they didn't have of their own. So it, it was extremely popular because nobody was paying, only the rich were paying. Uh, only the people who wanted luxuries were paying for the government.
1: So these were uh, equivalent, well, they were luxury tariffs, much like we have tariffs today. Yeah, right?
2: yeah they, they, they are. They, they, they were tariffs. That's exactly And that's word. how you funded yeah. the federal
1: government in the beginning with these tariffs that we have now. So, Well, similar but, tariffs.
2: That's right. But he also had a huge amount of land. And that's the other thing. Uh, the federal government uh, had all the land that the British evacuated when the war was over. So everybody lived within 100 miles of the Atlantic Ocean, but then you had everything to the Mississippi River. So federal lands, an uh, 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 immigrant could come and buy some federal land. The money for that went into the Treasury, and that helped pay for the government, the Army, the <laughs> Navy. Which the Army and the Navy were tiny. There were only 800 federal employees under Washington, wow. including the Army. There was no Navy. Navies are expensive. They didn't need a Navy until they were in another war. So it was a small government. It was a handful of people around Washington. They met once a week. Washington said, I want to know about this. So by next week, I want to report. And Hamilton could write 15,000 words in a week, which only made the others hate him.
1: <laughs> and what about whiskey? Was that considered luxury? Was it taxed? And is that did the whiskey rebellion the un- come from that?
2: That's, that's probably the most unpopular thing Hamilton did. He thought that, uh, that there should be another kind of tax, that things that you didn't need, uh, that you could. The, the, Americans knew how to make booze from the very beginning. Um, usually they imported sugar cane from the Caribbean, and in Boston they made molasses, which they then turned into rum. But on the frontier, where you didn't have ships bringing sugarcane in, on the frontier, what they were doing, they were making, they were growing corn and turning it into whiskey. And Hamilton said, okay, uh, you'd have to pay a tax on rum. Yep, why not pay a tax on whiskey? And the people on the frontier said, okay, try to collect it. Huh. So you get the Whiskey Rebellion, and you get Hamilton and Washington riding out to Pennsylvania to break up this rebellion.
1: By the way, I guess that's why when cowboys ride into bars in the Wild Wild West, they say, give me a bottle of whiskey, not a bottle of rum.
2: Exactly. Well, They still want to stand up, too, and the rum will take you down real fast.
1: All right. Uh, If you have another 10 minutes, we, we we couldn't not talk about the duel, so we'll get to that hopefully after this on WBZ. So they opened their big
0: mouths and out came talk. Ja Talk. Jay talking Talk. with Bradley J WBZ News Radio 1030. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Turn on your radio. You've got me listening to this. Turn it on. Bradley J. Oh, you're a smooth talker. You are. You are. This is a Bradley J. On J. Talking.
2: You talk the talk. Do you walk the walk?
0: WBZ News Radio,
1: 10:30. Alexander Hamilton, colorful figure, and we haven't covered him enough. That's why I'm really glad that Willard Stern Randall is with us talking about his recent book, Alexander Hamilton, A Life. You can get, just Google, you know, go to Amazon, type in Randall Hamilton. It'll pop right up quickly. Go to the store. I'm sure they'll have it at finer booksellers everywhere. And we have about eight minutes left. Two two basic questions. One, the American two-party system, was that planned or did that evolve on its own? And what part did the Jay Treaty play in that?
2: The two-party system was really a result of Hamilton versus Madison and Jefferson. Uh, Jefferson and Madison, the Southerners, uh, they did not want a big federal government. They did not want to pay taxes. Uh, they did not want any central power. Uh, they w- they wanted the capital down there in the South, so it wound up in Washington, D.C. Uh, and and Hamilton and his people thought that you had to have uh, trade and commerce and business, and the country would thrive because people would come to 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 work or to invest their money so uh, the North was about uh, money and trade, and the South was about uh, lots of land and lots of slaves so and And Hamilton was against slavery he 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 formed the first society to free slaves and to support them when they were freed so they 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 were farther and farther apart all the time, so that led to two parties. Um, the Jay Treaty was important because uh, the, the, the British kept hammering us, even after the revolution. They wouldn't trade with us. We couldn't uh, send ships to the Caribbean, to their islands, or to Canada, etc. Uh and, and so Washington sent John Jay, a uh, New York lawyer, uh, to, New, to England to make a treaty, uh, and when the, when, when he came back, Jefferson's people um, objected to it. They uh, they they burned the treaty. They rioted all over. Uh, and you wind up after Washington's in just for two terms, and he doesn't want a third term. He doesn't want to go. He wants to go back to, to, to Mount Vernon and, and retire because the politics had already gotten so bad.
1: All right. And also, I understand his teeth hurt, and he just wanted to get his teeth out of his head and and be a farmer. How do, Can we get to the, the, we spoke a little bit about how from the very beginning, Burr and Hamilton just were on the opposite sides. That combined with an entirely different culture led to this, this duel. I guess we have to address maybe in 60 seconds, the, the dueling was, was common. And that, that kind of speaks to an entirely different culture at the time.
2: Yeah, I mean, at the Continental Congress, if they got into an argument, they went across the street from Independence Hall, and there was a field there where they would fight a duel. I mean, it was very common. And the French believed in dueling and taught the Americans how to do it. So Lafayette is teaching uh, Alexander Hamilton how to fight a duel. Apparently, not well enough. I know. Uh,
1: <laughs> I know. So let's, we have about four minutes to go into kind of focus on the events leading up to and the events at the actual
0: duel.
2: Well, uh, what, what it, it was such a it seemed like such a little thing, but after an election, uh, uh, Burr was you know head of the the Democrats in New York City, and Hamilton's there head of the Federalists, and Hamilton's at a dinner party, and he just he just happened to say, uh, Burr is not an honest man. He does not have a good character. He does not. He shouldn't be trusted. That got back. It got into a newspaper. Burr saw it, and he challenged Hamilton to a duel. Now Hamilton could have apologized, but he refused. He had had it with Burr, uh, and so they wound up getting together on a cliff uh, in, in in New Jersey because dueling was illegal in New York. At uh, first thing in the morning, they're over there on a July day with the sun in Hamilton's eyes. Hamilton didn't want to. He didn't want to kill Burr. He just wanted to. You could fire a shot in the air, and that, and that would say, "Okay, it's over." Ah, Burr, on the other okay, hand, okay. had had it with Hamilton. Burr had had it with Hamilton, so for three weeks Burr was target-practicing. Uh, so when they got together, Burr uh, got off the first shot. Apparently by a split-second split he was experienced, uh, and it hit Hamilton. Hamilton's arm jerked up, and his gun went off and, and, and shot some leaves off of a tree. Uh, Hamilton didn't know his gun had a hair-trigger. And that the hair trigger was set. Hamilton had a gun lent to him by his mistress's husband, Hamilton's mistress's husband. And just by touching the gun uh, when the arm went, it just went off, he couldn't control it.:
1: Didn't seem so, like he took it very seriously, and he kind of paid the price, right? He using somebody else's gun. He didn't practice.
2: Yeah, he, you know, I, I also think he, the guy was pretty depressed about politics and all sorts of things. His own son had been killed in the duel. Uh-huh. Uh, th- things weren't going well politically. You know, uh, he really didn't have his heart in it. He was never going to make president because he'd been caught having an affair. In those days, if you'd had an affair, you weren't going to be president. Oh, yeah. Uh, so so yeah, he had a lot going against him. So, you know, it, it, he didn't set out to kill Burr. Burr set out to kill him.
1: Can you give me 30 seconds on the rules of the, the duel at the time? Is it really 10 paces, 30 paces, what, or, or no paces? How does it work?
2: You, you got together. Each guy had a second who was interpreted the rules, said here is where it's going to be. Uh, you turned your backs to each other uh, and, and, and it started back to back, and then you walked out until you're uh, 10 paces out. Uh, You turn around, it's about 30 feet. I mean, he could have thrown the gun and hit the guy with it at that range. But you know, you, it's hard to miss. You almost have to uh, deliberately do it. You almost have to waste your shot. It was called. Uh, but if, if you know, they're firing a gun that's 55 caliber. That's <laughs> yeah, bigger then, than a 45. Yeah, it's over a half an a inch. a barrel a foot long. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And they're firing a ball that's more than a half an inch in diameter. Wow. And it hit you anywhere. You were going. You were going to be. You were going to be dead.
1: Wow. This is you know, you really bring it alive, and that's what I love. So thank you so much for t- taking. This large amount of time with us, I, I really appreciate it. Willard Stern Randall, and the book is Alexander Hamilton: A Life. And there's a whole lot in there that we didn't cover. And I really thank you again for your time, sir. My hope write another book as soon as you can crank one out, and go we'll get you back okay. on. Okay. All right. Thanks. All right, thanks
0: a lot. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. P D W group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.